ंड So what we'll do is uh, we'll start the session now, and it's a special day again because with us we have Mr. Rajesh uh, Kothari. Uh, well, Rajesh is uh, uh, one of the distinguished speaker on CNBC, so most of you might have heard him before. But let me have the uh, you know uh, uh, privilege of introducing him. So Rajesh is the visionary uh, founder and managing director of Alpha Accurate Advisors, and he's the driving force behind. making triple as one of the india's most respected award winning investment firm alpha accurate advisor pms received business award for the best pms provider in india from apac insider which is a uk based publication so they bring about more than uh, a decade of uh, track record on the table so rajesh brings about more than two and half decades of uh, experience on the table when it comes to equity in investing in fact he he has worked with a uh, uh, large fund house like uh, dsp mutual fund where he was awarded as the platinum fund manager by economic times and at the same time he also received cnbc tv 18 crisil mutual fund of the year award during his tenure between 2002 to 2006 and additionally uh, at that point of time the the fund house also you know uh, received award from uh, 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 from the same uh, uh, company crisil mutual fund so basically you know during his tenure he has done very well in the fund house also got award from lipper india uh, uh, as best equity uh, fund group for 3 years in a row so as a dynamic and result oriented leader he brings a you know a table keen analysis sharp insight and result oriented approach to drive high returns uh, in fact he has been generating alpha consistently if you look at over the last 10 years Uh, millions of investors across the country tune into his frequent TV appearances. Distinguished uh, market expert on CNBC TV 18, Times Now, and Bloomberg. So we thought, why not? We'll take this opportunity of inviting him and uh, read his mind today. So thank you, uh, Rajesh, for accepting our request and taking the time out from your busy schedule and joining in today. Thank you, Vikas. Uh, th- you know, thank you very much for giving us an opportunity. I'm really honored to be part of this. Uh, you know uh, you know the, this part of this webinar uh, good evening friends uh, you know thank you very much all of you uh, for your valuable time to attend this webinar and uh, you know i was discussing with vikas and when vikas called up uh, you know he said uh, rajesh what should be the topic and i said that in last two weeks whenever you speak with any investor be it a retail corporate hni uh, fund managers everybody is asking only one question you know kitna bottom se kitne dur hai aur kitne nazdeek hai you know so i thought uh, uh, let me uh, let me give some views uh, my views on market of course uh, you know i always believed uh, timing the market is more important than timing the market and i don't think anybody can time the market but having said that sabka curiosity to wahi hota hai ki abhi aur kitna niche jayega you know uh, and uh, that's the reason i thought okay, let me put my perspective on this that yeah. how do we see you know market from here on and uh, what we think can happen from the market uh, market perspective 
uh, and with that, you know, let me uh, let me share a few important slides. Uh, uh, so, whether my slide is visible, Vikas? Yeah, very much. Super. So, when we talk about you know how much downside, the first thing comes to mind is that that is decided by valuations. Very simple. And if we look at the Nifty valuation, this is the last five years PE chart. The peak was roughly 24.5. And right now we are about 18.9. The fire average is 21.2. So we are about 10% lower than last five years average. But it's a good point. So uh, how much down? We don't know. Can it go down 10%? Can it go down 20% from fire average? Can it go down 30%? Nobody knows that. But as you start getting at the discount zone, the margin of safety comes in your favor. So right now, on a five-year basis, we are at 10% discount to its fire average. If you look at 10 years basis, then we are just near to 10 years average. And again, it is a very good uh, starting point uh, because it means that valuations are no more expensive. From last, I think 2018, there are so many investors I met, HNI, retail, and they always were worried about that. What if the correction comes in valuation terms? And that has never happened. Everybody was waiting for market to correct in valuation terms, not absolute fall of market, but valuation terms. And people were saying that if we start getting below 20 times, that's where your comfort start because 10 year average is around 20 times. Currently, we are at 19 times, which is again a good point, a good entry point from investors perspective. When we talk about price to earning numbers, we should keep in mind that Nifty has changed significantly in last five years. In fact, if you look at the, there are so many companies which were removed from Nifty. They all were low P and there are so many companies which were added to Nifty, which are high P. So if you actually make that adjustment, then current Nifty P, which is 18.9, will further look lower because if we make Nifty same like what it used to be five years back, then maybe another 10-15% discount will further increase by 10-15%, to 15%, which is again a very big number. What has been the correction? This data is as on 25th of May because recently market is corrected in last 3-4-5 months. 78% of BSE 500 companies, they have declined more than 20%. 53% of BAC 500 companies, they have declined by more than 30%. And of course, 9% of the universe, they have declined by 50%. Again, it indicates that while the market fall is not 30%, more than 50% of the universe, and I'm talking BAC 500 as a universe, they have registered good correction of 30% and above. Internally, we track one number and that is not only the price to earning number, but what has been the profit growth versus market cap growth. In our view, in the long term, market is nothing but mirror of earnings growth. Say for example, if the company's net profit goes up from 100 to 200, that is double 100% increase, then market cap of that company will also should increase ideally 100%. If market cap increases 
then it means it is in expensive zone. And if the market gap increases less than 100%, it means it is a valuations are attractive. Today, almost close to 50% of BAC 500 universe where market cap growth is in line with earnings growth. It means we are no more expensive. We have started coming to attractive valuation zone. No doubt about it that volatility is normal in equity market. And if you look at every year in last 20, 30 years, the red point shows you how much market went down and the gray bar shows you how much market went up every year. It's not a single year where market is not down. It might be zero or 1% or 0.5%, but there are years where markets are down, correct? Every year markets are down most of the time. Maybe only one or two years where market didn't go down at all. Every year market has seen decline. But if you look at the average intra-year drawdown, there is a decline is roughly 14%. If you look at the median drawdown is 10%. But despite drawdown, 74% of the times annual returns are positive. And that brings to the point that can you time the market? And I'm sure many of you are aware that if you miss the 30 best days, your returns are down 18%. If you miss the 20 best days, your returns are up only 118%. If you miss the 10 best days, then returns are 200%. If you miss the 5 best days, your returns are 296%. And an investor who remain invested throughout since 1st January 2009, then 1 crore has become 6 crores. So what I'm trying to say is that from 2009 to 2022. This is just benchmark, right? Just benchmark. This is absolutely just benchmark. And in 22 plus years, correct? I mean, 2000, this data is from 1st January 2009. So about 13 years. Just 30 days of investor means just 30 days. Instead of 1 crore becoming 6 crore, 1 crore will become 0.82 crores. He will lose 18%. So while everybody knows that timing the market is more important than timing the market, the point is the, the statistic data. And that's eye-opener that instead of 1 becoming 6, it would have become 0.82. And let me share you one more important data. And I don't think many of people are aware of this. That globally, 7 of the 10 best days, it happened within 15 days of the 10 worst days. You know, so best days and worst days, they are very near to each other. So if an investor says that, oh God, I should not invest today. And hypothetically, if he goes right and market goes down, say 20%, that's good. And he says, okay, now I can relax and let me, let me come back after six months. Oh, that's second mistake because market best and worst is very near to each other. The best day happens within 15 days of the 10 worst days. And that's eye-opener. It means that really, actually, you can't really time the market. If you look at financial year 2022, then bulk of the market returns are driven by utilities, metals, and oil and gas. These three are 
large contributors. The companies were actually, which have made long-term compounded earnings growth, those companies' returns have been very poor. Whether it is a healthcare, finance, auto, consumer, or private sector banks. There are many investors, they ask us, Rajesh, why this correction? And I said that this was required long back. Why? Because look at 2021. Internally, we have a something called quality index. And that's a simple parameter I'm plotting here to make it very easy to understand for a common retail investor. Earnings growth, return on net worth, and debt equity, leverage. On each of these three parameters, worse the companies in fundamentals, the better was the stock price performance. So if you look at, for example, this slide, 2021, a company with a poor quality gave you 80%. Compared to a company with a good quality gave you only 59%. Company with a poor return on net worth gave you 82%. Company with a good return on net worth gave you 55%. Company with a more leverage gave you 88%. Company with less leverage gave you only 64%. 40% difference. The poor quality stock has outperformed the good quality stock by a huge 30 to 40%. Clearly, such trends are never sustainable. In my view, it was euphoria and such euphoria are not sustainable. And while the market will continue to do well, I think the poor quality stocks, which went up like this, I won't be surprised if they crash, if they continue to correct, because many of these stocks went up without corresponding good fundamentals. In fact, we said in month of January that this trend is going to reverse. It is a question of time. Let's see what happened in last five months. Slowly, the trend has started reversing. While the market is declined, the poor quality decline has been more. So poor quality stocks in net profit terms registered decline of 15% compared to good quality 11%. Similarly, if it's ROE, poor quality stocks, so it has started happening and I will not be surprised if you see more of it in the coming days. So people keep asking us, market kya lagta hai? And then they decide which stock to buy. I think there is a not a wise decision to do that. Market acha ho jayega, lekin what you are buying into is something very, very important. In last four months, there are a number of concerns, particularly the inflation, which has been running hot and everybody's worried about inflation. Let me show you one slide that moderate inflation is indeed a good inflation. Inflation is not bad, provided it is moderate. And this is slide from last 30 years. And on one slide, left-hand side, blue line, is corporate profit to GDP. Higher the number, better it is. And the red line is the inflation. If you look at 2002 to 2006, look at this red line. Red line started going up. Inflation moved up from 4% to 7%. That's the time when corporate profit to GDP moved up from 2% to 6%. So inflation went up here 
and corporate profit to GDP also went up. And if you remember, that was a time when Sensex became five times in five years. So inflation is not bad. Only when inflation goes to the hyper level of 11%, that's bad because that hurts economy very badly. And if you look at here, corporate profit to GDP started declining. Just two years back, corporate profit to GDP touched all-time low 1.6. And then inflation started moving up. Corporate profit to GDP also started moving up. So don't worry too much about inflation. Of course, hyperinflation is not good, but moderate inflation is good for Indian economy and of course for equity markets. Second important concern is Fed rate hikes. Well, this is not the first time this has happened. If you look at 2004 to 2006, Fed rate went up from 1% to 5% and market went up 95%. I repeat, Fed rate went up from 1% to 5% and market went up 95%. There was also a period 2015 to 2018, Fed rate moved up from 0 to 2.4. Nifty went up 36%. One should not unduly worried about US Fed rate hikes beyond a point. Yes, it is important, but don't worry too much about it. In fact, we did one study from 1950 till today roughly about 72 years. This is the line, zero line, is the date of announcement of first federal hike. Market is always smart. Market actually gave negative returns before the announcements. And if you look here, six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, market gave positive returns from date of announcements. So don't worry too much beyond a point on Fed rate hikes. Of course, inflation is a very important concern. The good news is many commodities have already started witnessing significant decline from its peak prices. Like iron ore down 33%, aluminum down 28%, zinc down 16%, copper down 16%, lead down 12% and crude from peak is about down 8 to 9% or 11%. Of course, crude is still very high, but I'm not too sure to what extent this crude is relevant for us. I'm talking about crude prices because we are going to get discounted crude. So it is not $115 what we are paying. We are paying much lesser price when it comes to crude. So crude is something very important for India, no doubt about it, but we are not paying 115 we are probably paying 85, 80, 78. I don't know what is the contract. What we are paying to Russia. Yeah, absolutely. So if we are going to pay that price, then 115 is no more relevant to us. Uh, yesterday, there were sanctions on, uh, you know, Russian oil, further sanctions by European economy. And that means Russia has to sell more oil in Asia. And who are consumers in Asia? Only two countries, India and China. So again, don't worry too much about inflation. Uh, at times we do get carried away because there's a lot of noise around us, uh, but we need to keep our eyes and ears open and think from that perspective. Um, so I, I just thought to cover up that from, what is the bottom from here? So in my view, the correction is already happening in good companies, high quality stocks, 
companies where there is earnings growth, companies are financially strong, companies which are going to benefit from the decline uh, in the commodity prices. Uh, and I think therefore, it is a good entry point if you ask me. Can market go down further by 10-15%? Always possible. Uh, nobody can able to predict it. But the point is, the margin of safety has started coming to your favor because of the decent correction which has happened in the market. As I said, almost 50% of the stocks in BSE 500 index are down more than 30%. So don't go by market fall of 10, 12, 15%. There are stocks where damage has been significantly high and one should start uh, you know, buying into uh, the right businesses on a bottom-up basis. Uh, let me also give you a little bit brief uh, about us. Uh, and yeah, so I was coming to that. So basically, uh, Rajesh, so you've been running this PMS for over a decade now almost. And uh, I was looking at your risk adjusted returns and consistent alpha throughout the journey. So can you talk to our investors and share your investment mantra or the investment philosophy that you follow? A, and which are the two, three sectors that you see are going to do well going ahead? Sure. Over to you. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, just you know, uh, so as you rightly introduce us, uh, when it comes to investment management, our mantra is protect capital, create wealth. To us, risk management is something very, very important. Today, if you look at our performance, we are say delivered say eighteen point nine percent compounding for last twelve and a half years. We are probably one of the few PMS firms in India with a vintage of 12 and a half years. And probably we are pioneer in India in 50 stocks portfolio when it comes to PMS. So 19% compounding with 50 stocks, it means very low risk, probably is a rare combination what you see in our country. So we are, uh, you know, we are very, very conscious about the kind of risk, you know, what we take. But before I take talk about our investment philosophy, a few important USP about our firm, let me share with you. The first is, you know, when anybody selects product for investment, very important is who is going to manage your money. So while everybody is competent and everybody is good, when you invest in product where founder is fund manager, that brings a completely different level of comfort. So in Alpha Equity Advisor, I am founder and I am fund manager. Second, very important is we do not have any business where there is a conflict of interest. So we are not into broking, we are not into wealth management, we are not into uh, taxation, we are not into family office, only one line of business. Third, we are very, very easy to access. So we have my email ID in the right coordinates. So investors can always, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, touch base with us if there is any need. Fourth is vintage of 12 and a half years. And last but not least is 19% compounded risk adjusted returns which is something very important to track. When it comes to investment philosophy, as I said, one very important thing for us is how can we reduce the risk? Let me give you our perspective of managing risk. So I strongly believe that you know when you buy any company, there are three important risks you are taking. The first is governance risk. And by governance, I'm not saying annual report analysis and finding out whether the company is good or bad. That's easy to do. 
when i'm talking about governance i'm talking about company for example foxwagon number one automobile company in the world and one auto emission norm scam and stock was down 45% india's largest pharmaceutical companies like dr reddy and sun pharma us fda import alert stock is down 40 to 50% ratan tata versus cyrus mistry vishal sikha versus narayan murthy best of the companies probably they are not just group a they are bluest of blue chip companies but despite that there are issues question is can you predict such issues answer is no you can't predict second important risk is technology risk both blackberry and nokia are classic examples both are blue chip companies today both are bankrupt companies can you predict the pace of change of technology answer is no and i am sure many of you would have seen the recent examples of crashing leading software companies like shopify netflix and many more such companies last but not least is the business cycle very very difficult to predict peak and trough of business cycles but it impacts your performance significantly can you predict this risk again you can't the only way to reduce this risk is through diversification we diversify across 40 to 50 companies we diversify across large cap mid cap small cap we diversify across 13 to 15 sectors by diversifying what happens even if suppose something goes wrong you can absorb the damage so if you are holding say 10% of your portfolio in one company and god forbid something goes wrong stock is down 50% it is very difficult to absorb the 5% damage because directly hits to your capital but if you are holding 2% of the company in your portfolio anyone if it goes down 30 40 50% you can absorb the loss very very important you are pioneer of 50 stocks portfolio second very important is we do not follow model portfolio unlike many firms who invest all your money at one go we take our own sweet time to invest your money fully and that is something very important we buy today what we like today and last but not least i think everyone knows what to buy very important is when to sell at our advisor pms i strongly believe in discipline exit strategy that is something very very important that's something where most people managers hnis they lose out they don't know how to exit and when to exit everybody talks long term but people don't understand that in long term we all are dead you don't know when cycles are going to turn against you and therefore it is very important to keep a very very close eye on earnings growth and valuation we sell due to portfolio rebalancing we sell because of a target valuations have reached or we sell when we are going wrong and we do go wrong because world changes the economy changes the factors changes and in the dynamism the fundamental factor changes then you need to respond to it you can't ignore it because otherwise there will be significant damage to your portfolio i'm sure people on this room they are aware that 75% of sensex has changed in last 16 years i repeat 75% of it means all blue chip companies they all were blue chip companies but today they are all red chip companies many of them are not part of sensex like ragwans jayprakash dlf mtnl bail glaxo century textile and many more such names they all were the best of the companies 
but today people don't know even their stock prices many of them probably are underwater so that's very important exit strategy is something very very critical of course how to create wealth is very very important and that's where our stock selection approach comes very simple but yet very effective approach called 3m investment approach market size market share and margin of safety market size is size of opportunity by business which is operating in the industry with a pretty large decent size of industry so that if you go right you make big money but it's a second m market share is very very important we generally buy only those businesses which are leaders in their respective sectors very important this is probably very big differentiation of our pms compared to many other products we do not buy number 9 company we do not buy challengers we believe that if you buy the leaders their ability to navigate uptown and downtown much better than their peer group let me give you examples like real estate industry the sector is under painful times because of demonetization then gst then the rera then ilnfs credit crisis but it is in that painful time godrej properties in mumbai they gained market share and now when the cycle is about to turn up godrej properties going to win further market share because many of the companies are non existent because either they are behind bars or the companies became bankrupt or there are some uh, you know cases going against those companies nobody is willing to lend them no customer buy to willing to buy their project so by default in upturn godrej will benefit more this is important buying the businesses which are leaders in the sector it not only helps you to create wealth it also helps you to protect capital and last but not least is margin of safety the valuation and it is through that approach we have identified number of multi baggers in our portfolio like dickson became five times timken became nine times whirlpool became almost 2.8 times and so on and so forth and there are many companies which we exited as well like for example jb chemicals when it became five times we decided to exit the company from our portfolio so discipline exit strategy along with the right stock selection is the mantra to make sure that you make long term superior returns so i have a question here when you talk when you say that you follow discipline exit uh, exit in uh, uh, policy then how come these stocks have grown to 8x and 9x in the sense that are you talk have you started trimming it up when the exposure was going up and you are looking at the base price and the end price or how is it you are absolutely right so when i say 8.5 times uh, the stock price became 8.5 times uh, my portfolio trimming starts moment it crosses a particular weightage but that doesn't mean i sell fully i continue to hold team can even today okay uh, but moment it became 2% became 4% i again make it to 2% thank you so you know so the, so that's basically process of stock selection uh, you know just to put in nutshell uh, what we follow is that uh, you know buy the businesses uh, which are market leaders good market size market leadership margin of safety backed by good management good governance and good balance sheet and then on top of it we put the earnings growth because remember one thing company might be great but earnings growth is zero then you will not get the wealth creation so if we look at our p 
PMS portfolio earnings growth in FY20, it was 19% compared to Nifty 7%. Similarly for FY21, it is 21% compared to Nifty 18%. So earnings growth is something which is very, very important. And if you ask me that, you know, if you buy say triple A IOP PMS, generally what you get. So basically you get, you know, characteristics of the portfolio. This is something very, very important. And I think it is this characters which drives the performance. So it is a, we are true multi-cap, 50% large cap, 25% mid cap, 25% small cap. Very importantly, irrespective of its market cap, all our portfolio companies are large when it comes to profit size. So I talked about buying the companies which are top five. Here we have identified 40 sectors in India where there are only five players. I repeat, we have identified 40 sectors in India where there are only five players. What happens when you buy five players? It means the companies are enjoying oligopolies or monopolies. And that means companies are enjoying rising power, better profitability, low leverage and high crash flow. Very important to us as a shareholder. Let me give you a few examples. Like bearings, there are only three companies. Timken, SKF and Schaeffler. Shock absorbers, there are only three companies. Gabriel, Munjal Shua and Endurance. Credit rating, Krisi, Ikra and Care put together is 90% of the industry. Biscuits, Britannia, ITC and Parley put together is bulk of the organized market play. In plywood, there is only one company, Century Ply. The green ply is too small compared to Century Ply. There is only two players market. If you talk about wiring harness, all cars in India are wired by only one company called Mothers and Sumi, 95% market share. All passenger vehicles have airbags. And Minda industry is a 35% market share in airbags. There are only probably three players market. And so on and so forth. Now you think through it. If you are having a portfolio of companies, 40 to 50 such companies, where it is not only top five, there are only five or only four or only three or only two or only one company, like Mother's Nesumi, 95% market share. You are basically buying the business which are rock solid. You have reduced risk by buying 40 to 50 of them. And what is the balance it looks like? Of a portfolio company, 78% of the portfolio's company have zero date. They have a large profit size and they have a zero date. And this is possible because they are enjoying oligopolies. On top of it, they are growing faster than market. And of course, they are enjoying very strong return on network. That's basically defines our investment philosophy, our investment process. And importantly, not only talking about philosophy, but how our actual financial characteristics of the portfolio it mirrors our philosophy and process because at times there is a this link between the two. You need to walk the talk and therefore this slide is very important because everybody talks about that I build a good portfolio. But show me how it is looking like when it comes to market share, earnings growth, ROE and leverage. And that's something very, very important. And it is that process which results into the performance. So if you look at, you know, our performance for last, uh, you know, 12 and a half years, we have delivered 18.7% compared to BSE 500 12.2, Nifty 11.6, mid cap 12.7 and small cap 12.5.
So, uh, uh, you know, that's basically about our performance. And, uh, you know, with that, probably we can open it up for, you know, uh, Q&A. Happy to answer, you know, any of your questions. Sure. So with that, we'll open the forum for question and answer. So anybody has any question, please type in your questions in uh, uh, chat box. Yeah. So the question is, uh, Rajesh, how many, so ever since you started managing the portfolio, how many calls would have gone wrong so far uh, or any major call that you want to highlight? Uh, good question, Vikas. I think uh, you know, equity market is all about hits and misses, correct? Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, at times the calls goes wrong. But the good part about it is not how many calls going right or how many calls going wrong. The, the important point is, if the call goes wrong, what is the damage to the portfolio? That's something very important. And that's where our diversified approach with very limited exposure, measured approach to a particular company, it helps you to reduce the damage. Because by default, if it is a small cap, it will not be more than 2%. So even if suppose strong on 10%, 15%, 20%, I don't lose much. That's very important. And that basically results into, as I said, risk edged returns. But to answer your particular question, say for example, similar approach of 3M, market size, market share, margin of safety, we identified one company which is into renewable energy. Market size was big. Piyush Goel became power minister. He said renewable will become 35% of the total industry. And today actually it has become. So he's right. So we said this is a good sector to invest in. It's a growing sector. Market share. We said, let's identify company. And number one company was Enox Wind. The competitor was Suzlon, which was going through painful times. And Gamesa was unlisted, which is now owned by Siemens. So we bought Enox Wind. But after we bought, this is important. After we bought, some addition from US came, backed by private equity. And they started bidding for wind project. They are into solar. They started bidding for solar project less than the wind project. So Inox Wind is into the wind project. And that's an alarm to us. And we did our due diligence and finally we exited without much loss. That's not important. How many loss you made is not important. But that's where the diligence comes into uh, you know, play. Uh, you need to be very, very diligent uh, about what you are doing. Just because company is very good today, as I said, blue chip can become red chip. So that's where the due diligence process and uh, some luck, some skill in last 12 and a half years, we avoided any major accidents. So for example, we had a uh, zero, uh, you know, India Bulls, so zero Yes Bank, zero Diwan, zero Manpasan, uh, and many of such companies which went through very trouble, uh, troubling times in last three, four, five years. So next question is, what is the level of risk involved in the portfolio? Well, there are, there, you know, there are different ways to define the risk. Uh, as I said, market cap wise, we have a limits. We buy minimum 40% large cap. So that reduces your risk from the liquidity perspective and market cap perspective. Second risk is company specific exposure. We don't buy more than 9%. Generally in large cap, we don't buy more than 6-7%. If it's a mid cap, we don't buy more than 3%. If it is a small cap, we don't buy more than 2%. So that reduces company specific risk. It also reduces your sector specific risk. <clears throat> and we don't allow a stock to become three to nine, even if the stock is very good. Like Bajaj Finance, we are holding from seven years, but we don't allow stock to become 3% to 10%. So we keep doing the trimming, rebalancing. 
So to that extent, the risk gets reduced, uh, you know, from all angles, sector, market cap, company specific. In fact, we have very detailed risk analysis. We don't do risk only in these three terms. We also do the group level risk. Say, for example, how many companies in my portfolio is private versus PSU? <clears throat> there might be four PSU companies all in different sectors, but the common thread is PSU. Very important. How many companies in the same group? Like, for example, Tata Group. How, many, how much exposure I, one can have to one big, large corporate group? Again, very important. How much person in my portfolio is import dependent? Very important because if a currency goes plus or minus, it can impact your earnings. How much person in my portfolio is export driven? Again, very important because if the currency appreciate, it can become a problem. How much person in my portfolio is China raw material dependent? Very important because the last two years, that has become a major issue on supply chain. So we have a very, very granular level of risk analytics. It's just not, uh, you know, company doing this or company doing B. It's very important that, like for example, speciality chemical. You know, we hold six companies. And last week when I was interacting with one investor, he said, uh, you know, Radish Bhai, why six companies? Why not only one company? I said, very good question. What happens when you buy a speciality chemical company in Europe, like for example, Basov, you get five chemistries. If you buy one company, Basov, you get five chemistries. But in India, for one chemistry, there are only three companies. So if you want to buy amines, there are only two companies, Balaji Amines and Alkaline Amines. You know, if you want to buy ATBA, there is only one company, Vinity Organic, 65% market share in the world. You can't buy five chemistry. If you want to buy five chemistry, you need to buy five companies. First, because you cannot be dependent on only one chemistry. You need to reduce your risk. Second, most of companies in Indian specialty chemical, they have one single plant location. God forbid, something suppose goes wrong. Pollution control, fire, anything is possible because these are very explosives. And if you are holding 9% of your portfolio in only one company, and suppose something goes wrong in the plant, plant gets shut down, you know what has happened globally in many plants, it will go down 50%. So the way to look at risk is very, very important. How many companies have, how many plants, how many companies have, how many customers. So when we do even company selection, we are very, very careful. We don't want to buy a company with single customer, single market, single product. We are averse to that. So we further try to buy the companies which have a multiple customers, multiple products, multiple markets. So it reduces our risk for this. So we are very, very uh, completely different way of looking at the risk. And that's how we say protect capital is, is probably not easy to explain this uh, concept, uh, you know, on webinar, but we are very, very detailed uh, risk uh, analytics when we identify the companies and our portfolio. The next question is, uh, uh, Mr. Rajesh, you've mentioned that in the renewable, uh, renewable energy, does it have a place in the portfolio today? If yes, then would it be ethanol, green energy or hydrogen or maybe solar? What is that you are banking on? Well, I think, uh, you know, presently in India, there is not a single company which are focusing only on this segment. Uh, there are one or two companies, but probably uh, they are more commodity driven rather than engineering driven. Uh, so what we think is that better to play through proxy play, you know, how to play proxy. So if you, if you all agree that renewable energy is going to witness sharper, better growth than the thermal, which are the companies which can benefit out of it. They may not be into power, but they might be into enabling this power. So for example, smart grid is very important, correct? The automation is very important. 
correct the engineering side of it is very important so capital goods is roughly about 10% of the portfolio 2005 if you ask anybody if you are bullish on capex people used to buy ivrcl nagarjuna road port construction railways all this stuff but this time it's going to be different we have a zero exposure to all any of such space construction and road port infra but we are very bullish on capex but we have more as a rnd as a moat because it is your engineering capabilities which will drive the order book so for example we have a abb correct we have honeywell we have a 3m or kinkan the scaffolds the cummings guys people all the companies where rnd as a moat the technology as a moat they are known for engineering they are known for automation they are known for robotics that's where capex is going to happen and they are biggest beneficiary of this capex thing so you need to play the thing in a right way uh, you know rather than uh, buying the typical me to businesses all right so maybe last 5 minutes uh, we'll have one or two questions and we're running short of time here uh, so what has been the allocation uh, to banking and financial since covid time uh, in triple a portfolio uh so since covid time is very interesting question again uh, you know let me show you one uh, slide for that uh, because uh, the person has asked during covid time so let me directly take you through one slide yeah i don't know whether that slide is here or not okay correct so this is february 2020 we were 26% banking uh, cyclicals were 77% covid entered india we said let's protect capital we moved from cyclicals to defensives defensive increase cyclical reduce banking reduced from 26% to 18% and then by october unlockdown started pharma stock which we thought will give 50% in 3 years it went up 50% in 3 months we exited pharma and we bought back banking from 18% it moved to 24% as i speak with you currently we are holding roughly 25% of the portfolio in banking and finance 25% is the overall weight in the portfolio in banking and finance okay next question is by uh, periodic rebalancing and not allowing winners to run would the fund sacrifice some amount of returns while protecting the capital very good question and i think that's a myth actually doesn't happen uh, because you come to know whether it's a winner or loser only in hindsight uh, you never knew before that whether it will be winner or loser correct uh, India is a beautiful country. It gives you enough opportunities to identify the companies and participate in the growth. Like for example, specialty chemical. I can allow one of my portfolio company to go from three to nine, but if tomorrow plant shut down, then what will happen? That nine will become two percent. Can you predict it? Answer is no. So when it becomes a three percent to five percent, reduce it to again three percent. Identify another company, and India has enough opportunities. There are seven hundred companies which we monitor out of five thousand listed companies, and we have enough space to buy the businesses. Forty to fifty companies, I don't think, is a challenge. And also, let me tell you, by having this fifty stocks portfolio last twelve and a half years, our performance alpha is equivalent to probably so we received the award for the top three PMS in the country. Uh, you know, not only on rescheduled returns but also on returns. So you don't compromise on alpha. Uh, you know, by doing this study, in fact, you secure alpha with lesser risk. With that, we would like to conclude the session here, and 
take this opportunity to thank all the participants who have taken the time out join the call i'm sure you got all your answers from rajesh in case you have any more questions please write to me at vikas@iipms.com i'll ensure that i'll get that answered from rajesh so thank you so much and thank you rajesh for joining the call once again and uh, enlightening us with so much of insights especially about the market valuation so thank you so much thank so, you vikas thank you very much for your time uh, thank you friends uh, for joining at this hour in the uh, in the webinar thank you thanks once again bye bye